Got another episode with Andrew Long of Human Offline today. He is sharing I Was Your Ghost, another synthwave, beautiful soundscape uh, from his project. Um, it's an allusion to uh, this incredible sci-fi movie we're both big fans of. We'll let this be the uh, teaser. Listen to the episode and we talk about it. And we caught up on the past three months and what we've been up to he and his uh, new wife they recently got married uh, congrats to them on that they uh, have been hunkering down like so many of us uh, during that quarantine the most recent one and even as things reopened it just looked dodgy so we caught up on what we've been up to it's always fun hanging out came to the new place in Pomona we reminisced about downtown and are extremely hopeful about the reopening, the grand reopening, whenever it may be. Uh, I've heard a week. I've heard uh, by the end of the month. It'd be nice to tie it all together in a year, uh, in an anniversary. Wouldn't it? That'd be another week from now. Uh, we are looking forward to the reopening of every venue, everything cool to do, and our just our, our reopening of our incredible culture that we have in this town, in this state, in this part of the state. We're very lucky to be here, and uh, we hope to be reporting on more soon. In the meantime, listen to this, listen to I Was Your Ghost, and catch up on our fun, dark conversation per usual. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Now we're live. And we're live. <laughs> as live as we can be. Still alive, still here. Yeah. <laughs> COVID didn't get us. COVID has not <laughs> taken us to the grave yet, thankfully. Uh, did you ever get it? No. No? Neither no. did I. I was lucky. Uh, no, so were you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I never got yeah. it. Um, I know a few people who got it. I think, I think my wife got it uh, mm. before it was even a thing. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because I remember she was really sick uh, December 2019, mm-hmm. and I, I met her at an urgent care in Burbank, and then she had she had to wear a mask, and she had like all the symptoms, you know, the the cough, the the sneeze, um, her voice was raspy. There's um, a fever, right? Fever, everything. Yeah. Um, she had all that shit, mm-hmm. and. I, I, I think at the time they just diagnosed her as having like walking pneumonia yeah, and, yeah. and they just gave her antibiotics and mm. she had it for like a month. Like, you know, when you're sick and then the main effects kind of wear off after like a week or two, Yeah, but you still kind of have like the raspy voice and it's still kind of hanging on. Yeah. It's just yeah. lingering. Like she had that. And then I remember I got sick shortly after that, but it was for me, it was just like a really mild cold that lasted for two days. Mm -hmm. I didn't have anything she had. I mean, if I did, it wasn't even severe. It was just, Oh, I got a sneeze or something. Right. Right. Nothing serious. Yeah. Nothing serious, but, um, yeah, I never got it, man. You didn't get it, right? No, but funny you say that because my girlfriend got it in December too. Really? Yeah. And she got it bad. Like it took her out for a while. And she and her brother got it and they had gone to the hospital to get checked out and see what this was all about. And they're like, Hey, have you been out of the country recently? Um, they're like, no, why? And like, you have a virus and, uh, we don't recognize it. Oh shit. Yeah. And this is before it hit the fan. You know, this is December, November, I think late November, early December or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, fuck something, something's going on. And then three months later. Almost to the day. <laughs> yeah. It's terrifying. <laughs> Here's and, our anniversary of a... Uh, yeah. yeah. One year. Woo. It's coming up. Um, yeah. What? 10 more days? It was like the 15th, I think. It really... Yeah. 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 I have uh, I have a picture taken. I took a selfie um, when I was like wearing the mask for the first time just to kind of document, you know, oh, this is the first day and like this is, this is the new norm. You know, mm-hmm. we have to wear a mask now and gloves. And I mean, at that time it was still a lot of confusion as to what you should do properly. Like wear a mask, don't wear a mask, wear gloves, whatever. It was before they came up with uh, the social distancing and all that yeah. stuff. It was just like chaos, you know, like, Oh, there's yeah. a fucking virus going around, close down everything, but wear a mask if you want. It wasn't even like mandated. It was just, if you feel like it, Yeah. if yeah. you feel safer wearing a mask, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. You know, but, but now it's like all about it. Now it's all like, you better wear a fucking mask if you come to my business or else yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> shoot you in the face, <laughs> which yeah. But we got really intense about it. Yeah. yeah. But, but what I love about the whole, um, not, I guess not what I love about it, but what, what a lot of people did to stay afloat and keep their, you know, their, their windows open and their lights on. Um, and a lot of graphic designers were doing this. They started making, they started creating like their own version of, um, you know, like a designer mask or something yeah, yeah. or putting just art on it or just creating a mask and selling it and making it their own mm. to kind of help, not just help like fight the virus and contribute to like stopping the spread, but to mm. also, you know, taking money so they can stay afloat, so they can keep running their business, which is really cool. Yeah, it was really great how everybody mobilized uh, to mm-hmm. to just 
put their skills forward, right? Like a, a friend of mine is a seamstress and she made all of our friends masks and she's, and then she sold them too. Like, you know, and I have it somewhere still. Uh, but it was just so cool. And then she started printing, like doing different designs and all that. She made just like a simple black one. Then like, that was the one I wanted. And, 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 um, and then my girlfriend got one. She got her logo for her, uh, for her blog on a mask too. And I'm like, man, this is cool. This is going to become a whole new industry. And it did. Yeah. You know, that's also great how people just like put to the test, like put under pressure. People really show, show up you know, for themselves and for other people. Well, they, yeah, they adapted because yeah. they had to. It's just, yeah. and that's, that's human nature. You you know, when, when shit hits a wall that you, it's fight or flight, you know, mm-hmm. am I going to, am I going to do something about it? Or am I just going to fold and go to bed? Yeah. And call it a day, <laughs> <laughs> which is like what I would love to do every time I hit a wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't cause I got shit to do. Yeah. You got bills and shit. And like, truth be told, I didn't think we were going to make it as a country. Like, I don't know. Sometimes I don't have a lot of faith in this country. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm with you yeah. there. Like I try to, <laughs> I have faith in people to, to an extent. Yeah. Um, but I don't have faith in this country as, as a unit, as a G unit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have no faith in this country yeah. after just, I mean, here we are a year later and just seeing what happened with, with everything going on and the, the defiance of, wearing a mask and the denial that there even is a virus spreading around and yeah. you know, people going to hospitals recording being like, where is everyone? Where are the bodies? How come there's n- <laughs> the waiting rooms are empty. You're just saying there's a virus. There's a pandemic. And it, it just blows my mind that people had the audacity to do that. And it's only a problem until it happens to them. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that mindset is what kind of contributed to how things got worse mm-hmm. and, and, and just spreading it. But yeah, um, here it's we a are. Terrible way of thinking. It is, but now we're in a much better place, and the vaccines rolling. It's been rolling out. People mm-hmm. are getting vaccinated, and and things are going to start opening up again pretty yeah. soon, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, it seems like there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's it's getting brighter. I don't know. Like I I still don't trust it because we shut down twice, and I was like, there's yeah. not. There's no way they could do this a third time. But I said that the first time. I was like, there's no way they could do this a second time. It's like, who knows? That's, Maybe something will happen. Yeah. You know, and they'll be like, oh, no, we got to shut down again. These variants are really out of control. Yeah. You know, somebody didn't wipe them or wipe their ass properly and COVID <laughs> isn't shit now. And like, you know. And they touched the sink and now mm-hmm. it's going to just variant number four is out there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's it's been interesting. But um, there's one thing that has been nice about the pandemic is staying the fucking side and and just making music and watching movies, reading books, just kind of like getting mm-hmm. your own me time. Did it make you more antisocial? A hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> it did. Yeah. And it's like, I, I didn't want that to happen. I, I did not want to um, like stay inside so much, but mm. it get, it gets to a point where you have to because you want to do the right thing. But now um, like it felt so good just driving here. You know, it felt so good to get out of L.A. and mm-hmm. look forward to like seeing a human being that I haven't seen in a few months and yeah, like, catching yeah. up and having some drinks and just like just talking. Like mm-hmm. it feels so fucking good. Yeah. Um, because we, we've just been staying home all the time. You know, it's, it's work, grocery store, home. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'll we went on a hike for the first time in months. Um, but even on the hike, it was still a little weird because you had, you had people like wearing a mask and you had people that weren't. Yeah. And they're all, and the ones who weren't wearing a mask were all, of course they were in groups. 
you know, and, yeah. and the ones who were wearing a mask were solo or like with one person, but mm. you'd have like five people walking up, no mask and they're getting close to you. And it's like a narrow trail. So you got to try to like get the fuck away. And yeah, but, um, yeah, I don't know. What, what about you? did you find yourself becoming more antisocial? hundred percent because I used to go out all the time and obviously we can't now, but while uh while we've been able to do things like this and like socially distance even here you know we're about eh, six feet ish you know yeah um this is as social as i get and now i'm like really getting back into it i used to i i was totally cool with like okay i'll just stay home no big deal i won't spend any money um, and I'll, I don't know, pick up new skills or whatever. I'll bake bread and you know, like everybody <laughs> else, I baked bread for sure. I didn't make sourdough though. Uh, I should have though, but, um, I got super used to it and now I don't want to do anything. And I'm afraid that when everything opens up, I'm like not going to go to shows and I'm not going to go out. I know I will, but I have this like this nagging thought in the back of my mind that like, I'm totally cool with just staying at home. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. You know, like it sucks. You know, I used to go out all the time. Yeah, me too. And that Mm -hmm. was, that was what I would do mostly was, uh, when before pre COVID, I would love to go to shows. I would look forward to when golden voice would unleash their roster of shows. Um, you know, revolving around Coachella. Cause you know, Coachella, they released the lineup and then they start announcing all the, all the, uh, like radius shows as they mm-hmm. call them, like whatever's within the venue, the grounds of the venue. And yeah. Yeah. For like three months around April is when you, all these shows are lined up. And then that's when, you know, everyone else starts announcing their world tours or whatever. And that's all I look forward to is just what, what show am I going to this year? You know, what, what album's coming out this year? Who's reuniting this year? Mm-hmm. And the last year it's just been, um, you know, wash your fucking hands, dude. You just came back from the store. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what what movie are you gonna rewatch tonight? Yeah, because because yeah. you know for for a while like there was no new content because everything was shutting down. And yeah, luckily now we're getting all the stuff that was being held back is starting to slowly trickle out. You mm. know, finally we're getting the the Schneider Coot. <laughs> the Snyder Cut. Schneider, oh, yeah, the, I, I call it the, the Schneider Kutzen. <laughs> um, yeah, we're getting the the Zack Snyder Justice League cut. <laughs> In, in like a week and a half. And I pray to God it's not shit like the last one because the last one was terrible. Are you going to watch it in a theater if it's available? Or are oh, you fuck to- no. no. <laughs> Just no, we totally content with your laptop? No, we have HBO Max at home. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So we're presumably we're, a, a reasonably sized TV too. For Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's 4K. 4K TV. That's all I need. I don't, I don't need. Now there's like 8K. Fucking... 16k the cage just keep going up yeah i heard that we really can't even see past four or like even at four like four is a little unreasonable like mm. unreasonable for our vision like we don't need it i disagree i think it looks great <laughs> but i think be, uh, i guess beyond that 8k and all that is like it's just like a fad or something i guess i i don't even, i don't even know what an 8k tv looks like i've never seen one i just keep hearing about it and mm. It's like how now we have 5G, but they're already talking about mm-hmm. 6G. But yeah, apparently China just launched a 6G satellite, uh, and everybody geez. was like, "What is 6G? <laughs> like, right? We just got 5G." Like, like, dude. I mean, but that's the cool thing is I know every like every generation or every 10 years is when like the next whatever G comes out, and yeah. now it's getting they're they're actually speeding up how fast they can actually roll out that technology. But I know with uh. 
in here in, in the in this country because you know I, that's <coughs> I work in telecommunications and in this country we technically have 5G but a lot of 5G networks are piggybacking off of 4G technology you know oh, so, so it's, it's sluggish it's it's like faux 5G yeah you know it's 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 still it's, and it's not even that much faster mm-hmm. than 4G but I'm not sure I can tell yeah uh, yeah how would you tell like my phone I have an, an iPhone 8 and mm-hmm. it's it's 4G LTE whatever and it's it's still fast and I, I don't need I don't really stream videos that much unless I'm on YouTube and mm-hmm. like it's fine like I don't I don't I could I could live with this forever and be content but like because of technology evolves every day and you got to keep up with it mm-hmm. you know uh we have to keep making the the fastest technology because apparently you need to download that selfie in two seconds now. (laughs) So I don't know. Well, it's something that I didn't think about before that I guess so many people just don't have personal computers. Like Mm. no laptop, no desktop. Everything they do is on, on, on their phone. And Oh, no wonder the tech is just like constantly booming. And like, it's trying to, trying to keep up with like this never ending, you know, growth cycle um, is because people, so many people primarily use a phone for everything. You yeah. Know? And, oh, I never thought about that. I've always had a desktop. I've always had a, you know, not always had a laptop, but I've always had a desktop. Uh, since I was a kid, my dad had, oh, my dad brought one when I was like seven years old from work. And like, I've always played on computers. So I can't imagine not having one. I can't imagine only doing all of my business on a, on a cell phone. Yeah. And that's, uh, and of course, cause that wasn't a thing until we were in somewhat in high school, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. High school. I had, uh, the, the, I had a couple phones, but I, the main one was the LG chocolate. Do you remember that? I remember that. It would yeah. slide up, dude. Mm-hmm. It was the coolest phone. It was so small, but like you slide it up and there's the keyboard Yeah, and you could like, you could text without looking when you could, you could have like the tactile feedback of hitting yeah. that keypad with your thumb. And I now it's that. so hard to do that without looking because it's a fucking screen and mm-hmm. you can hit like five buttons at <laughs> once. But, um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it's funny how everyone now, like that's why phones keep getting bigger. Eventually the iPhone 15 is going to be the size of a fucking iPad. Yeah. And the iPad is <laughs> going to be the size of a baking pan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it just keeps getting bigger. Yeah. Um, but that's because like, yeah, like, uh, laptops are technically cell phones. Now you can, mm-hmm. you really could do so much what you do on a laptop on a cell phone, which is nuts. Oh yeah. I can take calls on my desktop. Like, yeah, I can do everything from there too, which it, is, strange. it's more convenient too, right? You got your webcam. I have the same one, by the way. That oh yeah. Logitech. It's great. Oh, it's, I love that thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's high def. Everyone, like if I do like zoom sessions with my friends or, um, when I was doing like zoom sessions in school, they'd be like, why do you look so high def right now? Like, Oh, it's just boss ass camera. I yeah. <laughs> on Amazon, man, like a yeah. hundred bucks or something. It's yeah. Cheap. It's, well, not that cheap, but it's for that price. It's great. Right now it's like 30 bucks. Oh no shit. Yeah. Cause it's, I, I, that's an older model. Yeah. Oh, okay. I bought mine like two years ago. So maybe yeah. it went down. But that's a great yeah, camera. Like 30, oh, I love it. It's great. You can't beat it. And like, you know, all due respect to Mac, their cameras are not great. You know, no. it's, it's a it's a computer camera. It's like they're, they're not going to focus on that. There's always yeah. there's there's always grain every time I take a FaceTime call on my laptop or yeah. they're slow. There's drag and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just whenever if I if I FaceTime, it's so much easier to like be stationary and do it that way mm-hmm. because you're you're like on your computer and you're staring at that thing simultaneously. And it's just so much easier as opposed to like holding your phone like this, you know, uncomfortably mm-hmm. like your phone is basically like a, 
what like a selfie stick and yeah you, and you have to move like like a found footage movie you gotta yeah <laughs> make sure it's like locked around your face so otherwise you know facetime's over yeah <laughs> game over facetime the movie coming next summer <laughs> but uh, on your laptop yeah on your laptop <laughs> and your cell phone no but uh yeah yeah man uh it's good to be back in pomona yeah i like i like it here yeah i we love talk- it we were talking about the uh, the record store. You gotta, we gotta check this out soon. I would love to. Yeah, come back and we'll uh, when it's open and we'll go check it out. <laughs> yeah, I I uh, haven't been there in years, yeah. but I uh, there, I just buy records online now, just because uh, you know obviously stores are either closing down or and it's it's funny in L.A. for being like a hub for the music industry, mm-hmm. there are a lot of record stores out there, but a lot of them just don't have what I'm looking for. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. maybe it's just like because of my taste, but uh, like Amoeba, I don't I don't go there anymore. I haven't gone there in years. Have I, you checked out the new one? Oh, that's right. There's a new one. Yeah. So you haven't checked it out? No. Uh, so they moved to I don't even know where they moved. Okay. Because I haven't been to the old one in forever on Hollywood. Uh, where is it? It was on Sunset. I Sunset. Think. Yeah. Wait. So did they downsize? Uh, I don't think they downsized. I saw photos and it looked like it looked like a good a good space. Hmm. It looked like a similar space. I don't know where they moved though, because they're turning that building into condos or some bullshit. And oh my god, that's yeah. what we need. Just keep keep building condos in LA. Yeah, just hey, what what does LA need? More people and less shit to Fuck. do. <laughs> Gotta get out of there. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I I live in the valley, so it's it's nice. You're good. I, I I live. Yeah, it's like I well, I grew up in you know Rancho, and mm-hmm. it's like that was a suburb, and it's kind of I I felt more at home being in an area that felt more residential than industrial or with you know skyscrapers like i lived in downtown la for almost a year mm-hmm. and while it was really cool we we, we and where i lived it was it's such an amazing place amazing view it's an amazing building mm-hmm. i was like on the 11th floor you know and oh nice downtown <laughs> la was my backyard i would mm-hmm. walk out in the balcony look to my left and there's you know, the u.s bank tower everything's right there wow it's beautiful and yeah. my my friends that uh that i moved in with they're still there mm-hmm. um it's, it's such a wonderful place but mm-hmm. Um, you know, growing up in like a, a place like Rancho residential, you know, friendly town, mm-hmm. um, I feel like part of that kind of stuck with me. And that's why when I moved, when I moved to the Valley, I'm like, yeah, I could, I could see myself living here forever. This, this is perfect. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Burbank is awesome. Like this is so quiet. Yeah. yeah. I love Burbank, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a cool town and it's also like, it's just, it's just movie town too. Yeah. 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 It's really cool. Cause it's funny. It's like, there's a ton of prop stores out there, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it's like, and they're open 24 seven. There's like Halloween stores that are always open in Burbank mm. on Magnolia Boulevard. No kidding. Yeah. There's like no. two of them <laughs> and they're, they're, they're like one building apart. Yeah. And, and it's great because they're always open and you can go in there and just get Halloween shit or costumes. And, and there's also like prop stores all along down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, coming back to Pomona after five, yeah, five years mm-hmm. when I was last here, I saw M83 at the Fox Theater. What a show that would have been. Oh, fuck yeah. It or was that great. must have been. <laughs> Took my mom. Oh yeah? Yeah, Is yeah. Is she a fan? Oh, she loves M83. Oh, that's awesome. She's, she's, my mom is responsible. Shout out to my mom, by the way. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're going to listen to this, but, um. My, my mom is the one who got me into like 80s music and synth wave, mm-hmm. which is what I mainly produce. Mm-hmm. And she got me, uh, like growing up, she would always play me like Tears for Fears, Depeche Mode, Duran Duran, mm-hmm. New Order. New Order especially is like one of, I think they're my favorite 80s band next to Depeche Mode. She sowed the seeds, huh? 
Yeah. 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 Did you ever see New Order? Yes. Yeah. Once. Mm. We, we saw them, it's funny enough, uh, same year, 2016, when I saw them in 83. Um, they were playing at the Shrine. Oh, cool. And, dude, it was... Because they had just released a new record a year prior to 2016. Mm. And... Um, they were they were touring behind that record, and yeah, we had like balcony seats. We had a great great spot, mm. and and it was just seeing how like old they are now, but can still pump out music like it's like it sounds like it's they're the in same their prime. Thing. Yeah, the same thing. Yeah. And the best part was at the end they did um, they they paid tribute to Joy Division, you mm. know, because that's that's who they were before New Order, before, yeah. before the singer died, and at the end. They played Love Will Tear Us Apart, and then they had on the screen it said Joy Division Forever. You know, oh wow, it's just so really cool. cool. Like yeah. it was just really like really sweet to see that. But yeah, um, but yeah, my 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 mom she she just kind of exposed me to all the '80s music. You know, because we're we're '90s kids, mm-hmm. right? But like my mom exposed me to all the music the generation before that, mm-hmm. or the decade before that, I should say, and. It, it, like always just stuck with me and m83 has that like washed out synthwave sound and like almost like a shoegaze sound but they're more they lean more towards like new wave sound stuff yeah and she yeah she loved it um there was one point though where like the lights were too intense for her so she had to, like go outside and just kind of like take an eye break yeah yeah but well, yeah they still kept the light shows going I, I saw them play at uh music tastes good in 2017 2018 probably 2018 and um actually probably 2019 music tastes good music tastes good yeah it was in uh long beach somewhere in long beach somewhere on the coast okay somewhere like along the beach Uh uh-huh and um it was like a it was like a they were curating all this food they had these like you know celebrity chefs putting things together and then they had music just back and forth on two different stages uh, on either side of this space, um, which is a pain to do because like, I was covering the show um, as a photographer and I had to run back and forth because like the they were on far enough distance that it was a, a pain in the ass to like run back and forth. And the scheduling was like right on top of each other. So it was just, oh, blah, no. blah, blah. so I missed a couple of things and, it was a badass show, though. I made a point to see the church, and I made a point to see uh, New Order. I was nice. Like, I have to see New Order. New Order is playing. I don't care who else is playing. Yeah. You know, I don't care if I have, I get to meet anybody. I'm gonna see New Order. And it was like the coolest fucking show. Dude yeah. Pulls out the recorder and he's like just playing this recorder on, on a couple <laughs> of times. I'm like, oh my god, this is so cool. <laughs> They're so talented, man, and and they they really did pave the way for. And a lot of 80s music paved the way for electronic music today, mm-hmm. especially EDM. If you look at like a lot of the a lot of the DJs today, like Armin Van Buren and Tiesto, and even like Dead Mouse, all those guys, they, they you know they they look at they kind of like take inspiration from 80s music and mm-hmm. elements from it, especially. Um, but I mean, I, and I feel like every decade of music is kind of like that. Like 70s influenced the 80s, 80s influenced the 90s, and so on. And yeah, so, yeah, and we're still going through that today. But um, I wonder what the future's going to be? We were talking about AI music, right? And like, how oh, does that fuck. play into synthwave and 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 uh, just any sort of synth music, any sort of electronic music? It's going to sound weird, I think. Yeah. Like uh, AI is a very confused like. 
we were talking about AI art, right? And it doesn't yeah. really make sense, but it's like there, like you, you can kind of see it's like it kind of understands, you know, what we want to see in a way. So what is it going to think sound uh, music is going to, you know, I don't know. Sound like I, I think if a, if we let AI take the creative steering wheel, then mm. it's everything's going to be perfect. You know, it's going to think. Mm. So like the way I see it. And I, I, you know, like I, like we were talking about earlier, I, I was talking to my friend earlier today mm-hmm. and we were discussing how there's like all these AI music tools that you can buy that will mix your song for you. Mm-hmm. It'll, you know, create a melody for you. If you, there's, I think the program's called Nexus or something. Mm-hmm. I've never used it, but I've heard of it. And you can basically choose, I think you like, you put in like MIDI data and mm-hmm. then you just like select a preset and it'll create a melody for you. And I think you have to select what, like what scale it's in. Like if it's in like a major or something mm-hmm. and then it'll basically create the melody using all the correct notes in that scale. And I feel like we're just going to get a lot of cookie cutter sounding bullshit. That's yeah. everything's going to sound really safe and, and, and correct. But like the point sometimes like, uh, when you start making music, you know, there's, there's, there's parts where, you don't want everything to be perfect. You know, you mm-hmm. kind of want to humanize aspects of the music to make it really sound like a live performance or just kind of give it more life. But I feel like AI is just going to quantize everything and everything's going to be pitch perfect. And yeah, and the EQ is, uh, you know, everything's <laughs> just right where it needs to be. It's just going to, it's just going to be this fucking software bundle. You got to buy. And all you got to do is hit one button on your laptop and boom, there you go. There's a tune. That's, that's my fear. I wonder though, if people are going to be able to tell the difference you know, they're going to be these, these producers that, that put this stuff out, right. They're going to, they're going to use this tech and I mean, I'll just say they're going to use it to make money right? yeah. because nobody's going to listen to this and think, Oh my God, at least in the beginning, like, Oh my God, this is amazing. No, they're going to be like, there's something wrong with this. I can't really put my finger on it, but like, there's something wrong with this. Okay. Cause... Have you seen Ex Machina? Yes. Oh, so you know what the Turing test is? Mm-hmm. That's a fucking reverse Turing test. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, like the point of that, but for those who haven't seen Ex Machina and I won't, I won't spoil it. It's a fantastic movie. Please yeah, go watch it. Phenomenal movie, it's going to yeah. really fuck with your head. Um, yeah. It's a little disturbing. Yeah. It's very disturbing, but it's, it's a beautiful movie and yeah. it's, it's, it kind of does show you what can happen if you really let AI go out of control or mm. you, you create it to be something so perfect that, it does trick the human into thinking that like, I'm not talking to an artificial intelligence. I'm talking with a human. Yeah. So th- therefore it has passed the Turing test. Mm-hmm. But now if you, f- if you put the shoes, uh, what's that fucking expression? Put the shoe on the other foot. Yes. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> if you do that, um, now the AI is testing the human. All right. I guess in a sense it is like the same. Yeah. Cause like the human human is testing AI for the Turing test. And if, if they can't tell that you're not talking to a human or AI, then yeah, it passes. But the AI is now testing the human saying, Hey, like, tell me if this is something I made or if this is something like a human made Mm -hmm. and yeah, I don't know, man. But then here's the thing is like, we create AI, right? Mm -hmm. We, we, we program it and everything. Um, we're going to get to a point where we're going to be like, okay, so now we, we, now we know what to do. Now we know to humanize the AI to trick humans into thinking that Mm -hmm. this is an AI programmed song but there's aspects of it that are humanized so you can't now you really can't tell that's that's like that's gonna be crazy yeah they're gonna have like one note off or something you know yeah just to Mm -hmm. just to mix it up you're gonna have like 
natural hi-hat rhythms where like the velocity hits are quieter and louder and that's mm-hmm. that's that's what happens when you play a hi-hat you know mm-hmm. um and yeah i don't i don't know i i don't like it though i don't like the fact i don't like the fact that like my 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 profession is like at at risk yeah of, yeah. of and but but then again I, I i speak for so many other like professions out there you mm-hmm. know like of like uh people's jobs getting replaced by machines mm-hmm. and that's pretty much what like a lot of engineers in the music industry are kind of looking at right now are, are these, these AI programs that mix for you and mm-hmm. say, Hey, yeah, use this. You know, this is good. I did this. I'm a computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and, but like you, sometimes, um, you don't want that, you know, you want like human fuck ups cause it just yeah. make, brings more life and character into the song or to the music. Would you be interested in, in like learning? I don't know if you know code already, but like, programming AI and programming like the next generation of these, of these programs to, um, to, I don't know, I guess keep up in a, in a sense. Oh God. Or like make them more human, you know, it's like, okay, AI got it right. And we'll call it Fred. Fred, you got it right (laughs) on this, this and that. But let me tell you here and then program some little thing in it where it's like, Oh, okay. So I have to fuck up at this point because this yeah. is where all humans fuck up because humans don't move that way. Right. So there's going to be some sort of hiccup in the, in the process. You know, it's like, it can't be too perfect. Otherwise we're just going to know, you know, dude, if it were, if it were up to me, like if I was, uh, if I, if I designed a program mm-hmm. to do that, then yeah, absolutely. I would, I would, I would write lines of code that tell, okay, at this part here, you need to do something that's going to feel humanized, you mm-hmm. know? Um, like for example, like I, I think we talked about this a while ago, but analog synthesizers by nature have a pitch drift mm-hmm. in the sound in the oscillator. And when you re- try to re when you, when you open a digital synth, it's just, it's like pitch perfect. Mm. And there's, there's things you have to do in the software to manually give it that pitch drift to mm-hmm. make it sound like a real synthesizer. But e- even comparing analog to digital, you can still tell like which is which because mm-hmm. analog just has uh, a certain character to it versus digital. But yeah, if like if I knew how to code, which I've tried to code before and I was terrible at it and I just gave up. I couldn't even. Co- I was trying to code like to, a, a picture and I fucked it up completely. There's a lot to it. Yeah. There's so much. <laughs> but um, except for MySpace, MySpace was like we were all coders. Back oh, then. I could do HTML. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, HTML is, is super easy, and you know, coding your own MySpace page was the shit back then. Oh yeah. Especially when it did half the work for you. <laughs> yeah, that, that too. But but yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to like kind of be a fly on the wall in, in like a room of programmers who are mm. designing an AI program with, with the intention of, um, you know, this program is going to humanize the music versus what we have today. Uh, there's this company, I, I, I use them for mastering. They're called Isotope Ozone. Mm-hmm. Um, ozone. So like the company's called uh, Isotope, mm-hmm. but they have different programs. Like there's, there's one called Nectar and that's for like vocal work. There's one called Neutron that's for mixing. And there's one called Ozone that's for mastering. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is Neutron and Ozone and even like Nectar, they all have this button called master assistant or like mix assistant or vocal assistant. Mm-hmm. And basically you push the button, you select a couple settings, like you tell it what you want mm-hmm. and then it, it shits out your results. You know, like it, it like just pumps out what it thinks you want. Yeah. But yeah. when I did it, I used Neutron to mix one of my songs. I just wanted to see how it worked. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I really want to know if this is going to be better or worse. Mm-hmm. It was so much worse. Oh. I, I just hated it. I'm like, it, it completely just crushed everything that I was doing and 
it just it just made my song sound flat with no life and could it have been like did it sound like a glitch where like it just didn't get what you were trying to do or uh this is exactly what you put in but it's you're also talking to a machine so it doesn't under understand the soul of what you're putting into it you know i think i think it's more of that like it doesn't understand the soul of it and but also i had certain things at certain volumes and it took that and just like it just completely did it did the opposite mm-hmm. it made everything play back at relatively the same volume mm-hmm. versus i want my my drums to be louder than the the guitars or i want the vocals to be louder than the bass like it, it kind of made decisions on my behalf that i didn't want mm-hmm. and and if you think about it it's like okay well some fucking kid in like sweden or germany probably coded this yeah you know and 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 now um because a human designed this, yeah, it's like the, a human being designed this program, but now the program is choosing things for me. And now I'm thinking like, was that coded? Was that part of it? Like, did that person tell the machine, hey, like do it your way, not their way? Oh, I see. Or yeah. do it how you th- do it your way, but let them decide if it's good or bad, mm-hmm. which is like, actually what it's at right now. Because mm-hmm. like I, I can easily go back in and I can tweak things if I want, but I just, when I did like an A-B test, there was just an, as like a, a light switch, night and day difference. Like, no kidding. I can't do this ever. You know, huh. I, I have to mix it myself. Like, you know what? You know, this is great, but I'm just going to move on or I'm just going to come back to it yeah. later. Like, I'm sure you can relate to that. Oh, for sure. For sure. And yeah. then you, but you end up shelving it and hopefully come back to it. Sometimes you don't, sometimes you never see it again. Yeah. Know? Don't delete it. Don't delete it. Yeah. yeah. Don't delete it. But hopefully you'll come back to it eventually, you know, like every now and then I do this as an exercise. I go through photos from 10 years ago. I go to the old, like to the raw files and I'm like, what could I do different? I've learned a lot since then. What could, what could I do different? And I just like play with old photos and you know, yeah, sometimes it works out. A lot of the time it doesn't because I just didn't take a good photo back then either because of, you know, inexperienced and whatnot. But like, um, it's the same thing. It's like, yeah, you just, uh, it's like applying new knowledge to something that doesn't need, you know, yeah. that application. Oh, to, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, another example, like for music is, uh, you know, I, I was, I've been making, I've been producing my own music for quite some time now mm-hmm. and there's stuff that I, I made years ago that I go back to and I look at everything I did in, in that session mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck, man, I learned so much since then. And whatever I did here, I'm going to erase all, everything and just start over. Like, I'm going to keep the project, but whatever plugins I used or like EQ decisions I used or, or I made, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. If I made certain decisions, those decisions don't make sense today because I have so much new knowledge I, I can apply to this yeah, to make yeah. it better or, or to just take it to where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's good to to never delete something that you've created. Just if it's not working, just put it in a folder and come back to it later. It's an idea. Yeah. I, I have so many things I've deleted that I regret. Yeah. So, you know, it sucks. Yeah. And it's like, that's oh, gone. Yeah. Uh, but the beauty of it is that like, cause I try to not be a pack rat in physical life, but I remember that, Oh, this is digital life and I don't have to worry about shit like that. But then I still do, you know, that's true. Yeah. You said you got a Moog recently, right? Is that oh is yeah. that putting all the cables and this and that, right? Oh yeah. It I, is 
just thinking about it, it's making me smile. <laughs> Dude, they look so fascinating. I, I can show you guys. That's the origin of electronica, right? That's like people literally just plugging things into other things and seeing what happens. Yeah. It's so cool. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where the magic happens. It's it's crazy. Moog, you know, Moog has been around. Uh, I think Robert Moog, he created the first Moog synthesizer, I think in the late 60s or early 70s. Um, but basically, when they came out, they were kind of alien to a lot of musicians because yeah. no one's ever seen this before it's it's like it's a keyboard but it has <clears throat> these knobs above it and it's like what the fuck do these do and yeah and and it's like and then they got to a point where you could take cables and patch you can connect these like modules together to to expand on the sound or create a new sound that no one's ever heard before because you're literally manipulating circuitry and tubes mm-hmm. and um like that's what i have is i have uh I have what's called a Moog grandmother mm-hmm. and it's, um, it's a, it's a semi-modular synthesizer. So basically the it's, you know, you, you don't even need to patch anything. You can just play it without cables. It's good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you get, if you start incorporating the cables, you start to create like other worldly sounds mm. and there's, there's a, there's a type of synthesis called FM synthesis and that mm-hmm. stands for frequency modulation synthesis. Mm-hmm. And what that, all that is, is you're basically using, you're taking, uh, you know, like most synthesizers have two oscillators or more mm-hmm. and os- an oscillator is, is the source of the sound. That's where the sound comes from. Mm-hmm. And you, what you can do is you can start, you can feed them into one another and start creating these really crazy sounds. Cause yeah. now usually oscillators, the way they flow is they, they flow in a certain way to where they don't really get in the way of each other. Right. But you can actually make them get in the way of each other to create something insanely sounding, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Some constructive interference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you, at this point you're, you're like manipulating <coughs> electronic circuitry and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're taking a waveform and you're making them like fight or work together to create something really cool. Um, yeah. And that's what the Mo grandmother is. It's, it's, it's like semi-modular because you don't have to use the cables, but if you want to, you can start creating really crazy stuff with it. Yeah. That's amazing. It's, it's nothing like uh nothing I've ever used before. Cause I've always used digital sense. Yeah. And my dream was to get a Moog from day one, but they're uh, so expensive. Right. <laughs> so right. I just That's saved household up household name. Yeah I, yeah. I just saved up money to get one. I'm like, fuck it. I got the money now. Let's do it. Yeah. And, yeah. and now, now that we're moving into a, a bigger place, I'm going to turn the, a bedroom into like a recording studio and I'm going to probably end up getting a second Moog or, you know, maybe I'll get like a, a, a Korg or something or like a prophecy scent. There's so many out there, mm-hmm. but Mo, Moog is just, um, they're known for like the, the way their filters sound. That's like, I mean, they're known for quite a few things, but one of the things they're known for is like the, the, the buttery sound of like the filter, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just controlling the tone of, of your, of your synth. Yeah. But, um, yeah, dude, get, if you're a musician and you've never used analog gear or synthesizer, do it. It's, it's, <laughs> it completely, I, I feel like I can't, I, I, I was using a, Sarah, a synth called Serum, which mm-hmm. is a, di- a digital synth that a, a ton of producers use. It's, but they use it for a good reason because it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's affordable and it's a very powerful tool. But comparing that to an analog synth, it's just, there's so much life in analog versus digital. Mm-hmm. And it takes some, takes some work to like make it sound like an analog synth in a digital realm. But yeah, dude, if you, if you get an analog synth, it's just, just added skill. Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah. 
it's another tool in your arsenal that's just going to inspire you. And that's, that's why I wanted to get it too, was I, I, I felt like I was losing inspiration. I mean, because of COVID and staying inside all the time yeah. and, and not seeing my friends. And, you know, there were a couple of times where I go out and see my friends and, you know, my birthday last year, we went, I went with my friends up to a cabin and they, they surprised me and took me like on a boat. Oh, cool. Uh, and, and, and Big Bear was, the, and it started raining and it was like lightning. It was just like, oh, cool. I couldn't have wanted anything better. Yeah. <laughs> it was just <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. And, and like, just like stuff like that inspires me. Like mm. I, like, and like that weekend I actually, I actually took up my laptop and I had a, I had a drum machine with me and I wrote a song up there because I just felt so inspired by that mm. day. And, and like stuff like that, like it motivates me to create, mm-hmm. but with COVID, like you're trapped, you know, you're in a box and you got to find ways to stay creative and, and inspired. And I feel like because I was home so much, I felt like, okay, well maybe you should just buy something that can like kind of spark inspiration. That's, mm-hmm. that's where the mode came in. And they could stay with you like in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have something to look forward to at home. Like, uh, you know, we, for a while we were watching so many movies and TV shows and just, just getting high every night just yeah. to, just to like get through this. Yeah, yeah. But, but then I know, okay, well in that room, there's a fucking machine in there that is gonna, you know, just create a sound no one's ever created before. And, and just the thought of that is like, Hey, sweetie, I'm sorry, but I gotta go. Yeah, I gotta. <laughs> can I just have like 30 minutes to go play with the Moog? Yeah, can I go yeah. play with Grandma. You know? <laughs> that's what I call, I call it, Grandma, because that's the name of the sin, the, yeah. the grandmother. So I was oh, like, yeah, I'm gonna perfect. go chill with Grandma for a bit. <laughs> and he just hear like a wee 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 sounds coming out of our, our bedroom. Does Grandma make such weird noises? <laughs> Why is Grandma growling? You know? Yeah, but it's crazy, man. It's a it's a crazy tool to have. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, because I mean, you're making electricity makes sound right right it's it's as simple as that right it's as analog as that it's like you're you're letting electricity flow through this machine and you are tweaking the voltage and the amplitude to just make sounds to me that is just magic it dude it's it's physics really it's all uh vibrations in the air you're you're sculpting you're sculpting uh air air you're sculpting vibrations (laughs) and, and just and I feel like sometimes uh, a lot of musicians or producers that are stuck in the digital realm, it's like, yeah, you can you can kind of have that mindset of like, yeah, well, I'm sculpting like vibrations in the air, like airwaves. Mm-hmm. But there's something different, uh, twisting knobs, mm-hmm. you know, and and hitting a key and and doing both of those things at the same time, as opposed to doing that with a mouse and a keyboard. Yeah, it's just it's just there's such a different feeling. It. Yeah. yeah. It's such a weird feeling doing that, but it's, it's also when you, when you, when you dive into analog, it's also a lot more work. You oh, know? for sure. You yeah. got to buy the right cables and things have to be routed differently because in digital, it's all set up for you. But analog, it's like, it's all hardware. So you have to, you are the algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm, now I'm the one yeah. being programmed. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm being programmed to like make this thing work, mm-hmm. you know? I, so th- this machine is depending on me to get it going. Mm-hmm. So now they're in control and I have to figure out a way to take it home and make it, make a sound. Yeah. You know? Fascinating stuff. It's crazy, man. Yeah. And then I'm not, I'm not done. I'm going <laughs> to, yeah, I'm going to buy another one. Like, yeah. <laughs> Is uh, what you, what you can do is you've seen those like analog or, or modular synth walls, like oh, yeah, that yeah. is a whole I, I haven't even dived into that yet, yeah. and I don't know if I want to because it's such an expensive hobby. Because a lot of, a lot of uh, electronic music producers, when they dive into that, like I heard you can't stop, it becomes an addiction, yeah, 
you know, because it's like... It makes total sense. Yeah. All you need is maybe a chassis and five or six modular synths to, to get going. Mm-hmm. But, like, why stop there? You can just keep... Like, the Pesh mode and Dead Mouse and, like, Nine Inch Nails, if you look at their studios, dude, they, they're, this entire wall right here would mm-hmm. be nothing but... Like flashing lights and knobs and circuits and wires. Could you imagine? Then you need a little step ladder to get to the other ones that you just bought. And... That's so funny you said that. I was talking to my friend about that today. <laughs> we were like making joke about that. Like, yeah, imagine like climbing a ladder to patch a twenty foot cable to the other side of the room. Yeah, you know. But yeah, it's it's that's when they start building stuff for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like you need to get custom equipment because they just don't make certain things. You know, like you have to, like you said get a chassis for, for five or six modules. They need to build things yeah. that didn't previ- previously exist for you now, you know? And like, exactly. Maybe that cable doesn't reach as far, but now you're going to, now they're going to build one for you. Yeah. You know? And what's cool too, is a lot of musicians are starting to dive into, uh, like creating their own instruments or creating their own modules with companies. Like they're collaborating and they're saying, hey, I have this I, this really cool idea mm-hmm. uh, to create this new modular synth. And and uh, there's a musician who actually just did that. He created, it, it's like a desktop looking mm-hmm. thing. It's like the size of, I don't know, like an iPad. Mm-hmm. But he, 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 he created it based off of like another company that creates it. But he collaborated with them with his ideas. And, they, and what came out of that was his version of what's in his head of how mm. like a modular, what a modular synth can be and what mm. it can do. And I feel like human innovation is just going to keep pushing it and making it better and just creating new ways to, you know, like birth these crazy instruments that yeah. no one's ever thought of before. Yeah. And if you look at like, fuck AI, we got yeah, this. Fuck AI, dude. <laughs> fuck you AI. If you're out there, if you can hear this. <laughs> no. and yeah, it can. dude. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to, uh, I don't want to look at a future where AI is going to dictate everything. No, we'll just enhance ourselves. <sighs> I think like we'll create our own instruments, our new instruments. It doesn't have to be guitar forever. It doesn't have yeah. to be a drum set or a bass or whatever, like the same few instruments that everybody uses and does, you know, amazing work with, of course, but it's like, you know, maybe, uh, look at the theremin. The theremin makes no sense. It does not. Yeah. And nobody uses it, but like, <laughs> have, you, have you played one before? No, I would love to though. Go to like, Noisebug. Do they have one? Yes, I played. <gasps> I played it there. Oh. I forgot about Noisebug is right around the corner yeah. from here, dude. That have you been in there? No, no. Go inside. I mean, maybe a long time ago, but yeah. Okay, you gotta go, dude. It's I haven't. I've I've been in there a, a couple times, mm. um, but there was one time I was in there. And it's a funny story. Uh, it's like 2010. The night before Coachella, my very first one, mm-hmm. and I was with my my friend at, the, at my friend John at the time, mm-hmm. and we uh, we were going to see uh, no no I'm sorry I'm sorry it was June so it was it was June of 2010 this is after mm-hmm. Coachella but yeah, uh, yeah. At, at, we we were here to go see LCD Sound System at the Fox they were playing the Fox and we had just we we had we just saw them at Coachella mm-hmm. and you know that was the first time we ever saw them and it just blew us away mm-hmm. and so they're playing at the Fox and we were in town and we went inside Noisebug and I shit you not the singer of LCD was James Murphy the man himself was in there with the drummer of the band and then their manager uh-huh. and I guess what had happened it was just us and him and and them us and them and I guess what had happened was one of their keyboards or like an instrument 
uh, something crapped out. Mm-hmm. And so they were in there to buy like a replacement part. And, and James, the singer, was talking to the guy working in there. And so I noticed, I saw the theremin. And I, I had just discovered what that was at the time. So I walk up, I turn it on, and I just start fucking around. Yeah. And I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh-huh. You know, I, I'm just, I, I think uh, right the right hand controls, or the, the right prong controls pitch. Mm-hmm. And the left prong, which they're perpendicular. Mm-hmm. So the, le- the left prong controls amplitude, so volume. Yeah. So you're just kind of like doing, the, as, there, as your hand goes higher on pitch, you know, and then the hand, your left hand's doing volume, yeah. making it louder. And so I was just making weird sounds and the manager walks up to me and he's like, oh, what are you doing? And I told him, oh, I'm playing uh, this theremin. And he, I guess he didn't know what it was either. And he's like, oh, like, what is it? And I was, I had oh, no idea. Funny. What, yeah. I have no idea what the fuck I was even saying at that time. Yeah. I didn't know exactly <laughs> how it all worked when, at that time. I just knew it was a theremin. I just knew if you put your hands here and here, yeah. you make a bleep bloop sound. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just trying to like impress him. And I just, I, we talked for like a minute and he walked away and then, uh, yeah, that was the one and only time I ever played it. Wow. Was that was it was that noise bug? So, dude, oh, that's if, so cool. You got to go in there if they're I'm open. Go for sure. Yeah, it's a really cool store. Oh, dude, how about Joe oh. Rogan? Huh? He's I, fun. I, <laughs> I stopped. I've been listening to him for years. Yeah, I was I was I was listening to him from like 2016 to 2019. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, but. Uh, some of the people who started like Alex Jones, he started bringing on some like crazy guys. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, I don't know if I should. He's known him for years. Yeah, um, I've been listening to Rogan for since 2010 ish, mm. uh, when I started getting into podcasts. Um, yeah, he's he's known the guy forever. He's known him since like the 80s or 90s or something like that. So they they're old okay. friends. They go way back. So it's I didn't like, know that. So he's gonna make every kind of excuse. You know, it's like uh, until your friend is out of their absolute absolutely out of their mind you get a vouch for them all the time right you know yeah yeah i guess until they start you know it depends on what they say you know wherever your bar is you know so i i I totally get it alex jones is a nut job but he's a he's right about a lot of shit he's been right about a lot of shit alex jones yeah yeah oh god he was calling out the nsa thing NSA spying on everybody he was calling that out years ago and he was calling out uh he knew about jeffrey epstein years ago and just he's been a psycho you know just yeah. loud voice forever not not everybody believed him do you remember art bell and do you remember like um uh, not art bell not just art bell who was the other guy <sighs> phil henry mm. no oh they're oh. both just like political commentators oh uh art art bell would talk uh sci-fi and he would interview he would interview um, like alien abductees and and people who had seen things, ghost investigators and stuff like that. And a lot of the time, like people would call him crazy, but a lot of the time, some of those people were right and like they were like they had some points to make. So it's like I always yeah. want to hear. Alex Jones said some fucked up shit, right? Like he called one of those school shootings like a false flag and like oh yeah, Sandy Hook. Yeah, and it's like man, what a fucking asshole. But like he got he got sued to oblivion. Though, yeah. yeah, he's also like broke and like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he started admitting, yeah, okay, I guess it was real. You know, it's like oh fuck, man. He just I, I think also that the danger of spreading conspiracies is you're you're kind of feeding into that hive mind of people who will believe anything that they hear. Like if you, especially if you're a huge like QAnon or Alex Jones follower, yeah, every little thing you hear, like you're gonna believe it, and then you're gonna just spin off of that. 
Yeah. And some social responsibility comes into play, right? Like you have to, he knows his audience. He knows how nutty they are. And it's like, yeah. tone it down. Like, be careful with what you say because you're going to inspire people to storm the Capitol or something. Especially like that. if yeah. he has like a huge platform. You know, the guy had a talk show, he had a podcast. And don't get me wrong, he has a lot of followers, mm. but he, he, he was like, you know, spreading a lot of misinformation about certain things and yeah, yeah. especially Sandy Hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got a lot, a lot of the parents of the children who were killed, they had to move, change their hiding. They had yeah. to go into hiding because they were getting these, these poor <coughs> parents who lost their kids to mm-hmm. a, sh- a school shooting were getting threats from like conspiracy theorists, you know, and yeah. that, Oh, you're, you're, you're a crisis actor or whatever. And, and then, and, and they're kind of going off of what they're hearing from Alex Jones. And mm-hmm. it's like, he's kind of just fanning the flames of that at that point. And it's yeah. just, yeah, it's like, it gets to a point where you're like, this, this guy is so deep in it that he can't get out and he has to stick to his word, even though he knows that he's lying, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, like, yeah, there's probably things he was right about, like the NSA thing, you know? Yeah. Fuck, dude. Like, we all know what happened like with that. That shit was real. <laughs> it's, it was real. Edward Snowden. Yeah. He laid all the cards out and then mm. he, now he's in Russia, you know? Yeah. He can't. And, <laughs> they always and, go to Russia. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, because they don't, mm. um, you can, you can claim asylum there, right? Yeah, but is so does Mexico. Yeah, Mexico uh, doesn't right. have an extradition treaty. Like, you can go to any other place except, like, our greatest adversary. Like, why do you go there? Yeah, why? I don't know. Edward Snowden, uh, well, Assange was in... Assange was... Uh, no, he was in England, right? But in the in the Salvadoran embassy? One of those, uh, I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, it's like, man, Russia? Of all Why? places, right? Yeah, it's like, I, I know there's propaganda and shit. Well, you know, we can't believe everything we hear about Russia, everything we read about Russia. Maybe they're not entirely evil, but like... Fuck, they still do fucked up shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, so do we, but like... <laughs> As Trump said, yeah, we do a lot of shit too, but it's like, they're over there though. Like, yeah. You know? I just, I like seeing videos of Russians just like fighting bears in the snow, like on the, uh, you know, like in the I, streets. Yeah, like, I'm cool with that. And, and like you those, know, those, that's those, the Russia yeah. I like. There, there's like the videos of those dudes. Um, we, we've talked about this before. I forget what it's called, but it's those guys who they like, they scale buildings and they wear GoPro, GoPro cameras what oh, is that called? It's like parkour and uh, urban exploring. Urban and, exploring. Yes, yeah. that's the one. Yeah, like there's a lot of that out there in Russia. Yeah, um, and it's like fuck. How much time do these guys have on the on their hands uh, in, in in Russia? You know. Yeah. But I think, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand why Snowden went to Russia because it's like, what, what's to stop a U.S. sleeper agent from going over there, or just an assassin just going to Russia and killing him and then coming back? Because that's yeah. what you. A, a lot of the guys in the Pentagon and, and the NSA, they, they want Ed, Ed Edward Snowden dead. They mm-hmm. see him as a traitor. Yeah. He committed treason. At the same time, the Supreme Court did rule that the NSA, what they did was illegal. Yeah. So Snowden was right and he should be vindicated, but yeah. he he can't. Trump you know? should have pardoned him. Yeah, that's the thing. But yeah. I, I think um I think the last one of the last Joe Rogan podcast I listened to was the one where he had he I know he's had Snowden on a few times mm-hmm. but the last one he had was Snowden and he was like would you accept the pardon from Trump if he pardoned you and he was like probably not you know because he rejected <laughs> I didn't even realize I don't know I, I feel like for his own safety he probably just like what if he accepted it and and he was like yeah in like a year I'm gonna come back to the U.S. because now I'm pardoned and I'm good to go back, but you know that that he's still in somebody da- wants he's you still dead. in danger. There's somebody who wants him dead. 
That's know? true. Yeah, it's like the the government won't kill you. Well, the government officially would won't stage kill you. death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they'd wipe him off the planet if they could. But yeah, um, he's probably his safest bet is to probably just reject any pardons. Even what if Biden pardons him? You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm sure he's if he's gonna reject a Biden from Trump of all people, and I don't think he would accept one from from Biden. You know, and um, I I just think maybe he's safer there. And that's his fate, and he knew what he was doing, you know. And did yeah. you watch the Snowden movie? No, uh, it was okay. Yeah, it was okay. It looked a little like who played him? Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, he did a good job. Did he? Okay. Yeah, he did his voice. Like Snowden has a pretty deep voice. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, JGL man, he, he he crushed it playing him. There's even a cameo from Snowden at the very end of the movie. Oh really? Yeah, he he actually filmed Is he the IT guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. hey, this doesn't go there. <laughs> hey, uh, you should plug in this USB stick into this port right here. <laughs> I, I promise you, it will not do anything bad. Wink, yeah. wink. <laughs> no, he he um he 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 actually. It's weird. It's like there's a scene at the end where. Oh, do you want me to tell you? I don't. I don't want to. Yeah, go for it. Okay, and, and I don't, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, yeah. everyone. I it's, should have seen it too. So. It's just it's just at the end where like he's talking, he's like giving an interview or something, and the camera is like panning around his laptop, mm-hmm. and out of all of a sudden, JGL is like is the real Edward Snorton. It like transforms him into Edward Snort Snorton. <laughs> Edward Snorton Coke. <laughs> Edward Snowden. Um, yeah, so it, it like it kind of like transforms into him, and he's yeah. just, he's just continuing the speech, and then the movie ends. So it's kind of like, oh shit, he like really filmed that, and I don't know how they That's pulled that cool. off, but. Um, I, I think Snowden's a hero. I think what he did was right. Hundred percent. And I think he should get the Medal of Honor. Maybe not the should. Medal of Honor. He should get some equivalent. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I am somebody in battle, but on his know. side. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. on that guy's side for sure. He did the right thing, and yeah. Assange too. Yeah, and and, ah, dude, and Chelsea Manning, and yep. yeah, Chelsea Manning. They were doing the right thing for the people. Um, yeah, it, it was in in certain people's eyes, it was a treason or whatever, but. To the rest of us, it's like thank you. Yeah, thank you for for telling us that this shit is real and that we are being listened to. We're being watched. There is no such thing as privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of like the whole ignorance is bliss mindset of like, yeah, you, if you make a Facebook account, you're not going to read those terms and conditions. You know, you know that they're going to be listening and tracking you and and even your phone. You know. Yeah, I think, they're currently listening. Uh, We're going to get targeted ads. Yeah, here we go. Check it out. Cannibalism. And- yeah, Army <laughs> Hammer cannibalism, uh, HP laptop. I need to buy a new watch. I really want some new boots tonight. Uh, I need a new Mac. Here, let's, okay, so now I'm going to, and I get home, I'm going to send you screenshots of all the fucking ads on my phone. The scary thing is like they listen to, they listen out for music or like tones or dialogue, anything that sounds commercial. Yeah. So it'll hear like if you're out at H and M and it hears this hears the radio playing, um, it can tell the playlist. It can tell where. So then it can tell likely where you are, and then if there's a an ad, it tells definitely where you are. It starts tracking you within the store, seeing where you're lingering, huh. and then it starts to target ads. Like, Jesus. Yeah, like that's where it's going. <sighs> Fuck, I hate, the, was, I hate the ad industry. Yeah. Like it's, it's genius. Like it's really fascinating, like in a theoretical sense, like, Hey, what if we could possibly do this and let's like play with a play with the Sims, you know, I'd love to play with the Sims and, and like be an ad yeah. you know, agent or whatever, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> just like, how can we manipulate these, these automatons to like, 
do whatever we want. Like that would be fascinating. Not in real life. Yeah. That's, that's scary. Like there was a, there was something going around. I was just talking about this recently uh, about, um, you know how you couldn't, and you still can't, uh, when Spotify ads, if, if you're not paying for Spotify, you get the ads, you can't turn it down too much. Otherwise it pauses it mm-hmm. because it wants you to hear the ad. So you Are can't you mute it. Yeah. You can't mute it and you can't turn it down too much because it'll just pause it. You need to hear the ad or you have to be able to, like, you can't skip it. So you have to oh, be able to hear okay. it. There that's was sense. another step to that, which was it can, it can tell when you're looking at the screen using the, the backward camera. Yeah. It can tell when you're looking at the screen so you can <clears throat> at least put it down, you know, when the ad is playing and put it away and yeah. not turn it down or anything. But if you're not looking at it, it pauses it too. You have to see the ad now. It wants you to see it. It wants you to I experience. I hate that. Yeah, that's not <laughs> currently it. implemented, uh, as far as I know. But like that was an idea, and they're like, no, 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 we can't. That's a line we have to define right now. That sucks, dude. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. But it's clever and it's it's smart. That's clever as shit. And <laughs> to be able to do that is so yeah. cool. But like, no. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> I, I hate whenever I, I, if an ad pops up on YouTube, I, I, the first thing I do is look in the bottom right corner waiting for the skip ad button to pop up so yeah. I can just. But there's ads where it's like 10 seconds and counting and you can't mm. skip it. Fuck me. Yeah. You know? And if you miss it, it punishes you with another one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That you can't skip. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, and I get it. Like, all these companies need the ads to stay afloat. Um, I know. That's Victoria. I, I know uh, podcasts, uh, a lot of podcasts I listen to, they plug their sponsors. They have to do it. It's what how they, you know, yeah. get their paid promotions and stuff. But um, it's, it's so over the top now, especially when you go to a website and you're just trying to... Like, I hate, I hate when I go to a website and... Uh, other than like paywalls, mm-hmm. you know, if you go to a website and it's like, oh, to continue reading, it's like $1 for one month and then after yeah, that, $10 yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I hate that shit. But like what I hate even more is when you go to a page and it loads and you can see like the full screen and then all of a sudden, boom, 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 add, 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 add. Yeah. And like the X's are so small that if you, it's so hard to click and then mm. you click on the fucking ad yeah. and it redirects you. If, if I have to, <laughs> if I can't click more than two, if I can't close more than two ads, and it keeps like fighting me. I just, I just give up. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't even read the article. I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. I don't care. It's not enough. It's too much work. Yeah. If it's <laughs> too much effort to like get out of it, I, I don't, I just stop. I'm like, I don't care. Whatever you were trying to sell me, whatever music video I wanted to watch, uh, whatever. Michael Jackson's dead. So like, I don't have to worry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've heard enough hee-hees in my yeah. lifetime, so I'm good. But yeah, dude, it's, it's, I feel like this whole, this whole thing ties into like AI, you know, this whole podcast is yeah. AI. I don't have a new single out. It's just, it's just AI. <laughs> it's just, like, it's just crazy thinking about it now. Like everything that we're talking about is like somehow in a way it ties back to AI mm-hmm. and an AI created by human beings, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Just fucking crazy. So what'd you do it. different on this single? Oh, I used that an is... AI program to... <laughs> <laughs> After all that shit talking. Yeah. Yeah. No, no AIs were involved in the making of I Was Your Ghost. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the the single, it came out, uh, fuck, last week, I think. Yeah, last mm-hmm. Friday, the 26th of February. Mm-hmm. Um, the song started off as a chord progression. Um, and Just it's... Noodling around? Yeah, like I... I I try to, I try to like block, I try to split up my music creating days into different blocks of 
things to do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Monday might be I'm, I'm mixing and mastering projects for, for clients or mm-hmm. for friends or whatever. Um, and then like Tuesday is my day off to rest my ears. And then Wednesday, I'll Wednesday is like chord progression day where it's like create random chord progressions for like 30 minutes to see how many you can pump out. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's and then a like exercise. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just kind of like keeping your knife sharp in all areas because yeah. you don't want to just do one thing forever and then forget everything else. Yeah. Um, it's too easy to fall into that pit. Yeah. Or, yeah. or like Friday, you know, weekends I spend a lot of time weekends are completely open. So I'll spend time like playing with the Moog and just trying to learn it more, even though like I've read the manual already mm-hmm. and I've, I know how to use it, but there's still things I feel like I could improve on. Um, or the like, manual only covers so much. Yeah, exactly. So much to play with. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but, but that's how the song started was I, I was just kind of going through that, that file of different chord progressions, just playing around. And there's times where I'll hear a song and I'm like, Oh, I want to try to like challenge myself and recreate that by ear. I'm mm. not even going to like look up, the scale of the song. I'm just going to start with a root note and build it from there and just see if I can like create it myself instead of going to YouTube mm-hmm. or looking up what key the song was in. Right. So I just created a, a, a really sad, when you hear the chord progression with the piano, it just sounds so sad, but I Melancho- melancholic, very melancholic. Yeah. yeah. But then rearranging that piano pr- chord progression into like other instruments, like synthesizers, um, or like a pad or like a, almost like, I know the very beginning of the song, it almost sounds like a, like strings, like mm. a cello playing that. But really it was just a synthesizer I used, a digital one. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's how, that's how the song was created. I just created a, it just all started from a chord progression and then I just spread it out into different instruments and created this like down tempo beat. And then the, the, the part that kind of like, I had no intention of doing was the glitch section at the end. There's like mm-hmm. a, the second half of the song just kind of goes into like Aphex Twin territory <laughs> and it gets all glitchy. And that was, that was the most fun I had was yeah. I did all that manually. I didn't use a plugin to generate it for me. You know, I actually took, I took audio files and I cut them up. I, I spliced them and I like pitched, I pitched them up, I pitched them down mm-hmm. and I threw reverb and delay on them just to make them sound like, like when I hear that, that section of the song, I kind of imagine like, uh, like in the matrix, you know, the sky is like scorched mm-hmm. where it's like lightning and fun and like constant, like it's all dark lightning thunder, but like lines of code and like stuff like that. Yeah. That's kind of how, like I tried to envision it when I was creating that. Interesting. Yeah. 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 But, um, and then the whole, I was your ghost. Uh, I got that from interstellar. Ah, interesting. Yeah, I, okay. I think I had just watched... Was that a line? Yeah, M- M- Matthew McConaughey says that. So you know in the movie where she thinks there's a ghost in her bedroom because yeah. her books keep falling, and at the end, it, the whole time it was him inside the Tesseract, and he like whispers to her, like, I was your ghost. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, did, I don't know what it is about that 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 sentence. It just, I was your ghost. It just sounds so haunting mm-hmm. and like sad, but beautiful. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it, that's it. That's it. <laughs> well, that was such an incredible scene too, because like, especially with uh, how they were, what was it like? Dirt was forming uh, certain shapes too on the floor of her bedroom. Yeah, and that's how they discovered that like, oh, gravity is um, being projected. Uh, some gravitational force is being projected into this area, and they traced it back to where like the remnants of NASA underground, right? Like. Yeah. It was just such a power, like her bedroom was such a powerful, uh, 
uh, setting. Yeah, it was like a metaphor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was man. That was such a cool movie. It was. I, <laughs> I love that movie. It, I, after watching, I had to watch it like six times just to fully. I gotta watch it. Grasp again. everything going on. Yeah. Even though it's like a sci-fi movie and not everything is like factual. It's just, uh, you know, it gets to a point where, like, you know, there's no wormholes that we know of yet or anything. Yeah. But it, like, I think after the everything is, like, factual until we hit, like, the wormhole part. Because, like, they go through a wormhole to go to a different galaxy, you know? Yeah. But I heard that from a few... Um from a few physicists, Neil deGrasse Tyson being one of them, saying that, like, that's actually what we think a wormhole would look like. Exactly, yeah. So, like, they got that down. Like, they, they did their homework. They made it as, as realistic as possible. The whole Tesseract situation, though, purely theoretical, you know. But so wild. So wild. <laughs> In yeah. theaters, I was kind of, like, rolling my eyes cause I, I, because I didn't understand it mm. at the time. Like, when I saw it in 2014, Yeah. I'm just like, oh, this is this is crazy. Like, oh, now the movie's, like, off the rails. But then when you start to understand the movie and how he's like operating in this like five dimensional space or whatever, it's mm-hmm. just, and, and then, and then tying back to the theme of like how love transcends time and space, you know, the, like the, the love for his daughter. That's why yeah. he was like sending her messages through the Tesseract to, mm-hmm. to, to try to solve the uh, equation of gravity or whatever. That's just so fucking crazy and powerful. And I was just like, you know what? That's the that's the, that's the song title. Not it's not like a nod to Interstellar or anything. It's just I just felt like the song title has "I Was Your Ghost." That sentence has a lot of like emotional weight. Yeah, combined with the melancholic sound of the song, mm-hmm. just the the two things just work together perfectly. And then like the, the glitch section at the end is, I wanted to just do something with audio to where I just destroy it. You know, like I put put it in my hands and just squeeze the life out of it, like squeeze the juice out of it, you know? Yeah, that that yeah. to me is like I'm holding the I'm holding the song in my hands, just squeezing the juice out of it and then just letting glitch audio like come out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So that that to me was just very very cathartic to do that. To spend I spent like probably a week just doing that section. Mm. Because I, I did so much of it at first, but then I was like, oh it's just too much. It's gonna like distract the the listener. So I gotta like I gotta dial it back and delete things and kind of try to create like a melody out of it. Um, that would be a yeah. really interesting to be a fly on the wall in that process too, of like, how do you dial back chaos? Exactly. Like, how, you know, how are you in, con- first off you created the chaos and then you can rein it in. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. It's like, how do you, how do you um, make less severe something that you destroyed? You know? Yeah. How it's do like- you like slightly, put it back together with duct tape, very good duct tape. <laughs> it's yeah. So it's like taking a, a really pretty vase and throwing it on the floor and then getting tape and you're trying to put it back exactly how it was. Yeah. That, that's what it felt like. Yeah. Was I destroyed all this, all this audio and I was like, Oh, well now I got to put it back together somehow and make it pleasing to the human ear. And, yeah. And but it, it still kind of resembles a vase. Yeah. Just not the one that you destroyed. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like when you're a kid and you break something in your house and before your mom gets home from work yeah. and you do your best to put it back yeah. and you're like, here, mom, I'm trying to put it back together. <laughs> it's it like this Frankenstein base. Not even close. It's just like A for effort, kid. A for yeah. effort. You're fucking grounded for a yeah. year. You know, that was grandma's vase, by the way, you asshole. Her fucking ashes were in there. <laughs> just because yeah, she was in it. <laughs> Where's grandma, by the way? Yeah. Oh, I swept it up. I thought, I thought it was dust. Oh, you mean that dust? It's in the fucking trash. <laughs> no. Oh, no um but yeah that's that's that was it man that was the whole song and oh that's awesome i really it's funny because i was i was talking to my wife about it about, about it and like uh i didn't really have any plans to put it out mm-hmm. and i don't know i just i just kind of sat there and i was like hang on you got a complete song you got a song title you have an idea for artwork like why not you know let's just do it so yeah. 
I commissioned oh, my friend. Yeah. yeah. I commissioned my friend Candace to do the artwork for it. And she did a really great job. Mm. Um, she's like, I feel like I can tell her what I want and she just like knocks it out right away. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. She just knows what I want exactly. She's, she's that good. Mm -hmm. Um, but she created the artwork for it and gave me a couple like, like promo videos. Um, and I'm, it's, it's actually funny because this song is, uh, it's, it's, it's doing really well with a lot of people that listen to it. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people were happy to share it and it got on some playlists, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have somebody contacted me to, uh, possibly put it like tie my music with their products that they sell for cool. the company to like make a playlist. Yeah. Congrats. It's still in the works. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. It's, it's not, not nothing set in stone yet. Um, no, but just the wheels in motion, man. That's yeah. Awesome. I, I yeah. just, it's, it's funny. Cause like I had, no, I had no idea the song would go that far with people. Mm. And they're like, Hey, like I would love to like use this in a, in a playlist and tie it into my, my, my company or to my product. Yeah. Like let's create something together. And I'm like, shit, this song just opened up a couple doors I wasn't expecting. So it's the story, you, uh, this, uh, uh, song you almost didn't put out. Yeah. So now I'm like, I'm, I should, I should take advantage of those moments where I create something with no intention of releasing it. Mm -hmm. And then I release it and it has a, it has an effect on people and, and on, on me. And I'm, I'm like, Oh, this is wow. That's just, that's the power of art. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. The yeah. Right place at the right time. Yeah. I mean, but luckily the whole thing was AI generated. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I just hit a one button and it yeah. shit out all that. <laughs> Let us uh, cheers to our uh, robot overlords. <laughs> yeah, dude. Cheers. Cheers to the end of, of humanization as they, as we know it, <laughs> everything's you're going to go to like Amazon stores now, dude, you go to a, you ever been to one yet? Have you been to an Amazon? A like, brick and mortar? No. No, like a grocery store, the Amazon grocery store. No, where are they? There's LA. Of they're course, in, there's, yeah. yeah, they're in LA, but there's one in our, our neighborhood and, uh, we haven't gone to it yet, but apparently you go in there with a cart and there's no cashiers. Yeah. You just grab, I guess you have to have an account before you go, of course, but uh -huh. like you grab all your shit, you grab your milk, your eggs, your beans, you know, whatever, put it in the cart, the cart scans the barcode and then you, as you just take the cart out the door. Oh. And there's there's like a machine at the door that scans everything in your cart, and then it just charges your account, and you go home. Like it's amazing. I can't believe it. It's amazing. I can't. Believe I heard it. about that years ago. Like theoretical. They're like, oh, maybe one day in the future this will be the case. Of course. <laughs> I, I I'm just like I'm blown away by that. But I'm also I think it's so cool. It's it's amazing. It's amazing and also terrifying for like grocery store workers because and retail workers. Oh, yeah, of course. If that technology is going to be a standard, you know, five years from now, it's going to replace all those jobs. Dude. The sad and thing is it will be. Yeah, it will all, be. We all have to, uh, adapt. We all have to learn code to hack into these systems and <laughs> steal money. <laughs> Can you imagine one day, like 10 years from now, every store in the world has the cashier cashier list, you know, system. Yeah. And then cashiers are going to find a way to learn how to code and they're going to take back their positions. They're going to like storm a Ralph's and be like, yeah, we're fucking cashiers now. Yeah. And let me take a penny from every transaction. That's all I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to, there's going to be like a grocery store revolt hmm? of people who are going to like storm stores and <laughs> take back their jobs and be like, yeah, we're in control now. Yeah. And like, no one's going to like, yeah, come on down. Aisle tens open motherfucker. <laughs> and, and, and nobody's going to come down. But it's so. a staffless business. <laughs> exactly. <so>. Yeah. <laughs> Or, or I don't know, man, we're going to have services where 
like I know Amazon and UPS already did it where they're, they're going to deliver with drones. Yeah. You're going to get, they just got approval. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You're going to start getting your, your fucking eggs flown to you. You're going to get binoculars. Like there's our eggs. Yeah. A <laughs> <laughs> hundred yards out. They got the wrong ones. Send they, it back. Yeah, oh fuck. They got, yeah, they got vitamin D. Fuck. You know, or whatever, vitamin D milk. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to reach a point in our society where tech tech is just going to, you know, automate everything for us. Yeah. Everything. I mean, now it's already halfway there, but more than ever, we're really close. Like we're making moves quick. Yeah. The drone thing bugs me because I have a drone and it's loud. Really? And it's like one of the quieter ones. So like, (laughs) it sounds like a swarm of bees. And it's one of the better ones that's not supposed to sound like a swarm of bees. And it sounds like that 300 feet in the sky. Like, oh, I can geez. still hear it. And yeah. Like, I know, like where are, are bees headed my way? Like, I know that there's danger. It sounds like there's danger, you know? Yeah. And I'm like... Stranger danger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, those are going to be delivering all of our little shit. Like, you need a, you need a, a, a new iPhone cable, like... Or, or eggs or whatever. And like, we're just going to hear bees all the time. It's going to bug everybody. It sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be weird at first, but we're going to get to a point where we're just going to get used to it and not care. Oh, for sure. We're going to tune it out. But then you're going to like, one day you're going to hear like an actual swarm of bees, but you're going to think yeah. it's like an Amazon drone, <laughs> yeah. but you're being stalked by this swarm of like honeybees that are trying to land on you. Yeah. Cause you're wearing a yellow shirt and like. Are you are you just spilled some like honey on your shirt from like making tea earlier and you're like oh fuck this is a Black Mirror episode already I guess I'm a beekeeper now <laughs> which is crazy I've seen I've seen videos of like beekeepers and they they actually let the bees like like swarm on their entire body that scares the shit out of me and then they like yeah. walk over to a like a thing and they put the bees in it and the bees just like they go on their merry way they yeah just go they're just there. like they're little drones like they yeah just. They're don't like, thanks fuck for the, with thanks them. For the and, ride. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, they don't, not one sting, like nothing. They just, they just wanted a lift because they were tired. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's crazy. I hate it. They're, uh, full circle, I guess, going back to nature and Moogs. There's a guy on, I actually, I don't know, guy or woman or anything. Um, there's a user uh, of, uh, TikTok. <laughs> Um, of a TikTok account where they connect a Moog to mushrooms. Oh, and they have all these like different, like, like crazy mushrooms, not, you yeah. know, not portobellas and shit like that, but like wild ones that are all different shapes and sizes and uh-huh. whatnot. And they connect these electrical nodes to the mushrooms and plug it into the Moog. Dude. And it just... That makes these noises ass. based on just the electricity flowing through the mushrooms. Yeah. And this user has since evolved this to putting this with a, with a, a visualizer, um, an oscilloscope, I guess. Not, yeah, any, not that, even that's an what oscilloscope. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like that does colors and shapes. It just kind of like random, semi random, no uh, uh, shapes and colors and whatnot. Yeah. Based on the electricity flowing through these mines. That's the coolest fucking thing. And it kind of makes no sense, but I'm really hoping that somebody studies this, like, or uses this method to study, like, are they talking? Is this communication that we're listening? Like, probably is. What could this do? I mean, there's, there's electrons like flowing through it. And if they probably found out that there's some kind of like electrical current 
traveling through that network of mushrooms and that's how they were able to like you know hook up an oscilloscope at the very end of that yeah i don't know how they did it but if if they if they were able to almost like 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 the whole concept of a theremin is that there's an, an electrical field between those two prongs yeah so they might have actually created some kind of electrical field between the oscilloscope and the synthesizer mm-hmm. in the middle of where the mushrooms are and that's yeah. how they were able to like conduct a field of energy and then they could visualize that on the oscilloscope yeah that is wild and it i have to the, find this video now i'll send it to you okay. yeah it is the cool i've been following it for a little while and it's the coolest fucking thing ever because like what else can you connect these things to Fuck. you know and like can we use sound to communicate with plants and with whatever you know well, yeah well yeah that, that, that ties back to like uh plants they have they have brains uh, trees roots they it's a network right yeah they, the roots spread out underground looking where to go like they know where to go and if they hit concrete oh nope can't go here so i'm gonna go this way now yeah like roots know where they're going it's, yeah. a, it's a system they know what they're fucking doing it's a decentralized brain the whole thing is a brain right like yeah it's, they say the the largest organism on earth is a forest i forgot where it is but like it's one giant tree like the yeah. the roots went up, uh, you know, went underground and like were looking for nutrients and and whatnot, and then it would eventually sprout back up somewhere down the line, you know, somewhere in the distance, and start up again, and then just at you know forever, and it turned into this entire forest. But they realize that this forest is one thing. Yeah, it all know? stems from one brain. Yeah, that is so just one tree. It's all crazy. the same thing. Nuts. I love that. Yeah, it's crazy, and it's it's funny because we're surrounded by trees every day in nature, mm-hmm. but we don't stop to think that this thing has a brain and it, it's trying to go somewhere. It's trying to find a home to, 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 to grow mm-hmm. and to spread. But it's just, yeah, it's like an afterthought. We don't really think about it. It's like, Oh, there's a fucking tree here. I'll Cause just... we can't talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can, but you know, or if you Hugh Jackman, like in the, that movie, the fountain, he has sex with a tree. What? I did not see this. <laughs> and movie. that's the end of the podcast. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. There's a movie called the fountain. It's a wild movie. It's directed by uh, Darren Aronofsky. Hmm. You know, that guy, he, no. I think he did a requiem for a dream. Oh, okay. He does like all those wild movies. Um, all those, make you uncomfortable movies yeah, make, yeah. <laughs> I, did he do uh mother did you ever see, see mother oh no i heard that one was fucked up though it's great yeah. it's fucking awesome <laughs> i loved it i loved it it's a wild movie dude you gotta watch it uh it's 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 yeah it's 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 pretty crazy a lot of people hated it yeah. people, people like despise this movie but i thought it was fantastic just because of like how it's a huge allegory. I'll just say that. Yeah. I won't say what it is, but you could, you could probably piece it together as it goes along, but the movie is just one giant allegory. Yeah. It's awesome. It's for all of our relationships with our mothers or. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, like, okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe not, but like the word mother. Yeah. You'll piece it together. You, you will figure it out along yeah. the way. You know, like, ah, that's why it's called mother. Uh, I'll just say that, but I okay. won't, I won't like spoil I start it. start crying in the first five minutes. I'm just, no, no, <laughs> you're not going to, you're not going to, this, this isn't Requiem for a Dream. You're not yeah. going to cry. I hate that, that movie. <laughs> that is one of those movies. Like I, it makes me think I was like an addict in a past life because yeah. watching that made me so uncomfortable. Just the thought of like needle, you know how they show needles he going in arm and yeah. amputated. Every time I see needles, intravenous drug use, yeah, I, like cringe and my arms like tighten up and I feel like, man, in a past life, I must have been like, an oh, addict. man. Yeah. Just, and that movie was the worst one because it showed it very clearly. You he, know? he he he's very good at making you feel uncomfortable. He's very good at like 
making you empathize with these characters. Yeah. And then kind of like dying with them at yeah. the end of the movie or, <laughs> or you feel like you're on that path with them. Yeah. Like I think the one in that movie, the, uh, the mother, you know, the girl who gets hooked on diet pills. Yeah. yeah. And, and she, she's like her, her dream. She's like, she's hallucinating that she's going to be like on this talk show and she's going to look yeah. so fit and beautiful because she's taking these diet pills that guarantee it. Mm-hmm. But then she just gets addicted and it, it ends up, else. ends up just almost killing her. Yeah. You know, it drives her to madness. And then, and then to the point where she like, I think she like goes to like the office of that studio and she's, you know, it's out of her mind and she just wants to be on the show mm-hmm. and they like, they call her like an ambulance and she gets taken to the hospital and uh, just talking it's about it makes movie. me sad, dude. It's a fucked up movie. That, I'll never the watch it again. The part of it was like, one of the saddest parts, I guess for me was like when the other mother was constantly buying the TV back from what was it, Jared Leto? Oh, that's yeah. right. He would sell the TV for for drugs, for and then crack. she would buy it back. Yeah, every time because she loves her son, and like that was her explanation. So, it's God. like, oh, all right. But <laughs> but again, it's like we that happens. Like we know people. We might know people who do that. You know, people mm-hmm. that who who do whatever it takes to like get their next score, or get their next yeah hit of heroin or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, in that movie, dude, it's. I, I, nobody has a hat. Well, Jennifer, uh, what's her name? Uh, not Jennifer Lawrence, but there's an actress in that movie. I forget her name. Jennifer something. Hmm. She, yeah. Uh, great actress, but she, she like kind of has a happy ending, mm-hmm. but she has to go through hell to get there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, for, for the sake of the podcast, I won't say what they do. I don't <laughs> know if you remember the scene, but she, no, she I'm does something hor- unspeakable to like, get what she wants yeah. and then she gets it. And at the end, her final shot is her like hugging like a bag of heroin or something, but oh, like she's happy uh, and she's the only one who ends up happy or yeah. something. <laughs> and it's like, you went through all that just to, for that. And Oh God. It's oh. a story, sort of the story of Job in the Bible. You know that story? I don't know. No, I, I never, never read it. It was the one where it's this man named Job. He's a farmer like they all are. And like he, um, He's the holiest man on earth, right? And God and the devil, God and Satan make a bet. Um, Satan goes to God and says, you know, you have this man, Job. He he sings your praises. He does everything you want. He loves you. He worships you. He only does that because you bless him and you do all this good stuff for him. And, yeah. And God's like, no, no, he loves me because he loves me. And he worships me, you know, because I deserve him. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, no, no, no. He wouldn't do that if his life was shitty. Like he wouldn't love you if his life, you know, was terrible. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, no, no. We'll, we'll make a bet. So, so Satan, Lucifer, whoever, I don't know what, what he was called in the book, but like, um, he's just like, okay, let us, God says, fine, let his life go to hell. And, uh, we'll see if he's faithful, test his faith. So they make this bet and God just like, let's, Lucifer fuck with this dude's life. He he collapses his house on his family. He kills all of his 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 crops and all of his uh, animals. He covers him in boils that he's scratching with the the remnants of his house, you know, like just scratching his body because his boils itch so much and he finally has the nerve to say um, God, I did everything you wanted. You know, why have you done this to me? Or why have you allowed this to happen? And, and God tells him, I was here before you. How dare you question me? Oh. And he's like, 
you're right. You're right. You are God and blah, blah, blah. Like, I will listen to you. So God's like, fucking told you. <laughs> so, he, <laughs> <laughs> so he like blesses him tenfold, right? Like yeah. he give everything, like he has to go through hell to get 10 times you know, yeah. the benefit, you know, and then he gets a new wife and makes more kids and has the best oxes, oxen and whatnot, you know? Right. You it's, know. It, so he was dragged through hell just to prove, uh, a, point. prove a point. <laughs> yeah. Just to prove a point yeah. and to just find happiness in some fucked up way. Yeah. It's kind of like an, uh, I don't, I don't know if this is like related, but have you seen Mad Max Fury Road? Yes. So you know how like they all worship in Morton Joe. Yeah. And to them, there's like, like the whole, the whole film is just a big chase scene. That's mm-hmm. why I love that movie. It's just a one giant chase movie. Yeah. And what the, the whole thing is like when those, those crazy dudes were all like powder white, they spray their mouths with like a paint and like they're, they basically kill themselves to go to Valhalla. Mm-hmm. All right. They're like, I'll see you in Valhalla or whatever. Yeah. And they do that. But like, if you think about that movie, they all, they've all been like dragged through hell, you know? Yeah. And then, and then at the end, it's like, well, I now it's time for me to find happiness, so I got to kill myself to get there. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. Like, I, I kill my, but like, I know, but the whole story with Job is like the guy nearly killed himself to to get to salvation or to yeah. get to Valhalla, but it was all for like for what, you know, for this reward that you're not entirely sure is at the end. Exactly. Yeah. So, but it's, that's I guess that's life. Yeah. But the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, but the woman in Requiem got her bag of heroin and then like. You know, but my God, what she had to do. <laughs> I'm not going to say it here. Go find out for yourself. Watch it with, uh, watch it alone, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, because Victoria. I don't want to watch that with other people. No, I think, I feel like Victoria, my, my wife, uh, I can't remember if she saw it before I did. Mm-hmm. But she, uh, we both watched it. And I, I think at the end, it was just like one of those things where I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to sit on this side of the couch tonight <laughs> and, I, I, and you can sit over there and I yeah. might shower and just go to bed. It's like watching porn with your mom. It's like, yeah, Ugh. it just, you just want to take a bath. <laughs> or like, I know when I saw the, the Matrix Reloaded in theaters, my our grandmother took us to go see it. And there's a sex scene between Neo and Trinity and uh, it was so uncomfortable. And I just kind of like, I just kind of sunk in my seat because yeah. I was, it was 2003. I don't know. I was like 13 or 12 years old. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, fuck, I'm trapped. And that's kind of how I felt like after watching Requiem was like, uh, God, that, okay, the movie's over now, but I still got like five hours to go today. Yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> fuck, I, don't, I just, I don't want to be around anybody. I just want to sit on the side of the couch and just kind of like just, just quietly cry. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> you know? No, I'm crying. It's one of those movies, man. But um, yeah, no, never again. <sighs> Yeah, but yeah, well, dude. I actually I gotta head out, man. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say let's end on a happy note. Uh, <laughs> yeah, on a, on, a, on a happy note. Yeah, um, I was your ghost is out now on all platforms. Uh, yeah, everywhere except Bandcamp. I haven't put up on Bandcamp yet, mm. but everywhere. How dare you? What kind of hipster are you? I fuck. I'm not. I, what, <laughs> who am I? It's, dude, I talk a lot of shit about Spotify and like streaming services because of how little they give back to artists, and here I am. And my song is not on Bandcamp, where yeah, they actually Bandcamp is fight like the for greatest. artists. <laughs> it is. I love it. <laughs> They're like I the just, greatest people ever. I just have to, yeah, I just haven't done it. I just got to upload it and then, you know, just go through that process. But 
I'm it, only on two platforms, so don't feel bad. Yeah, but hey, it's out there <laughs> streaming everywhere. Uh, you know, play it loud and listen to it in a dark room. I, I say that about all my music. I always say like, listen to it in a dark place or, or like turn off your lights. But yeah, but yeah, get that's mine. And listen to <laughs> yeah, get blitzed. Watch watch the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze. Uh, listen to Dead Mouse Ghost and stuff. Uh, and then, and then listen uh, to my song and see how you feel. And then watch Interstellar and see what happens. And then watch Interstellar to tie it all together. Yeah. Watch it six times though. <laughs> Cause you won't understand <laughs> it, it the first six time. Times. Yeah, yeah it has to be six yeah. and don't pause. Don't blink either. Yeah. Don't blink. Understand ever. all of it the first time. Yes. Understand it and then all watch at once. It five more times. Yes. Don't go, don't, <laughs> don't watch like YouTube videos to understand it and don't blink. Um, I'll be watching you. <laughs> so it's possible. Man. Yeah. But dude, thank you so much for having me come out. Thanks um, for coming out, dude. Thank you. Uh, yeah. You're welcome. And I, I love that you're in Pomona now and yeah, come back anytime. We'll, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll go check out the record store and noise bug. I want to see this, uh, yes. theremin. We'll just do a, t- a tour of P town. Cause Fuck this yeah. was, this was the, the jetpacks stomping ground back in, in the day. And I love coming in this area. It's just, there's so much to do and so much to see. So thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Anytime, dude. All right, man. Later. Later. Bye.